0: And Welcome to It's a Fandom Thing and our first live stream that we've done in like three weeks. So I and we just Aaron and I just came back from San Diego Comic-Con. So on top of that and not doing a regular podcast episode period in two in two weeks, I've done interviews. But so I'm a little bit out of the loop here on how this goes. So <laughs>
1: i'm still tired i'm so tired
0: (laughs) me too like so hopefully this will be understandable and people will enjoy it if people end up watching us live or if you end up listening to this episode which you should listen to this episode yes thank you carla's giving me the thumbs up so what we are talking about tonight are unauthorized biopics and the reason this came about is, if you've watched it, and it was one of my What We Are Into, but there was the Hulu series, uh, Pom, Pom. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> Pam and Tommy, uh, that came out. And, of course, Pamela Anderson did not want to have anything to do with it um, because she doesn't want to relive that trauma of the sex tape, which I totally understand i think it's actually i think that docuseries is very pro her but i totally get why she would not want to have anything to do with it and doesn't want to drag that up again and you know she was put through hell for that so that inspired this and was it was it you aaron that you were the one that suggested this right Mm -hmm. and so then aaron said let's do an episode about that and i went okay and we had it for actually a couple months from now (laughs) Because of everything, I was like, this will be easier to transition into a topic episode instead of covering like a show or something like that. I, you know, we just kind of will probably be just going around and talking about certain films that the people that are the subjects of them or even people that are close to them don't like them. And then also want to talk about ones that where they kind of where they use real people, but it's not really a biopic, even though they present it. Some of them as biopics, such as the new movie that's coming out, Blonde, about Marilyn Monroe. Although it's not really about Marilyn Monroe, even though it's being presented (laughs) as a biography, it's not. And the author of the book it's based on is a complete piece of crap. So there's that too. And there's supposed to be something horrendous in there. And that's why it's rated in C-17. So, But before we get into that... I'm going to go around, and this is how it starts, right? I ask everybody what they're into.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, this is familiar. So, Carla. Yes. Dear Carla. <laughs> <laughs> Carla and I had a tiff before we started, but we made up. Really yes, good. we got into a fight
3: because, you know, well, I'm not going to tell you why. I'm just going to passive-aggressively move on to what I'm into mysterious, and not address it. <clears throat> anyway, so Aaron, what I'm into today?
0: <laughs> Whoa! Talk about passive aggressive.
3: I love how
0: unless she was talking to you, Aaron. A. She's I was gonna to say
3: it's like it's like a double bomb because me. there are two errands. So you know, two errands with one word. With a
0: price. Yeah. All
3: right, but as far as. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know Sorry. what you what y'all were up to in San Diego Comic Con. I don't know what kind of scams you were running. I don't want to know. I would rather not be implicated. It was very All right. <laughs> Leave my saintly being out of this. But um what I'm into is I'm streaming every single Disney show that I swore I would never watch. So that's been <laughs> my my last week. It's been just watching WandaVision and Loki and Hawkeye. All of this because I watched um, Ms. Marvel, which I have praised just up and down and left and right because it is fantastic. So yeah. Cool. And then I was like, you know what? I'll just have the other ones on in the background. And they've been in the background with varying yeah. varying levels of excitement for me. Um, but what I'm really most angry about is that I am actually pretty into the Hawkeye series because I hate. Okay. He is the least <laughs> interesting Avenger. Played by a rancid pile of I don't even know what. And yeah, I I just can't stand him. Can't stand the character. But the show was really good. It was really good. And I'm very angry at myself for having to say that. I mean, nobody's making me, but let's pretend.
1: (laughs) I was really (laughs) sad by that show that they didn't just... Like have him in the first episode, and then like he left and let her do her yeah. thing. I'm kind of annoyed that he was in every episode. Right, I could totally do without Jeremy Renner. In Thank every you. Episode.
3: There was there was besides the adorable
1: him. Christmas sweaters, I need to find that sweater. But other than-
3: <laughs> yeah, no, there was no need for him to be in every episode. You know, Kate, yeah. Bishop, Kate Bishop was fantastic on right. her own and did not need that man.
0: Mm-hmm. I love Jeremy Renner so. <laughs> If anybody's listened to some past episodes, this is one man that will never be on this this podcast unless he lets me say, explain yourself, Jeremy. (laughs) Explain to me why I loved you for so long and then you decided you were to be a scumbag. You know, and I I honestly think a lot of his scumbagginess (laughs) happened when he started when he was in the Mar when he joined the Marvel universe. Honestly, Mm -hmm. that's when he kinda it went all the way to his head yes he became an asshole anyway so aaron what are you into sorry
1: oh my god (laughs) Um, Aaron! there you are i haven't seen you in so long (laughs) right (laughs) i don't even know what i'm into i I got so like inundated with things that i want to watch now when we were at comic-con that i just it's overwhelming um but exactly right now i'm gonna watch the um i've been waiting patiently to have time to do it to watch the first couple episodes of harley quinn so i'm super excited about that um but we saw so many things at san diego comic-con that like i wrote have like a whole list of my phone of things and now i'm overwhelmed and i don't know where to start so, yes, um, Harley Quinn, three episodes um, got released at once, so it's pretty exciting.
0: Yeah, my podcast brain twin, Jen, was talking about that the other day. I haven't watched any of them, but, but yeah, yeah. So, yeah, and go, um, you know, speaking of San Diego Comic-Con, I'll just say really quickly before we get into what I'm into, which is the most important part of the intro. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> Carla. I love you, Carla. Carla, do you know who she is? She's kind of a big deal.
0: <laughs> yes, I'm a big do you know who I am? That was that was our big running thing out there. But just a reminder, we do have our San Diego Comic-Con coverage episode is available now. And we did interview, the show Paper Girls dropped yesterday on Amazon Prime, or if you're listening to this podcast episode, it dropped last Friday. So go check that out. I did interview the four main young cast, and then I also interviewed Adina Porter and Jason Mitzuka, who, Adina Porter, (laughs) she is, I love her so, so much. So, you know, go listen to those interviews. We had some other great ones in there, too, like Omar Epps, which was really cool, and a bunch of great authors, a comic book author, um, all these great little conversations in there. So go listen to that episode and check out some of those shows and support those comic book authors and then also the writers and such. Uh, But what I'm into is... I watched a docu series on Netflix about the most horrible person in the whole, one of the most horrible people in the whole entire world.
3: Jeremy, and right it
0: was called. <laughs> <laughs> he might be related to him. I don't know. <laughs> um, but the docu series is called "The Most Hated Man on the Internet," and it's all about Hunter Moore, who is a disgusting piece of human garbage, who had a website called "Is Anyone Up." And basically what it did is it posted nude photos without the person's consent. He actually was hacking into people's emails and stealing their personal photos, which is why he got into trouble later on, thank God. And he's just disgusting. And so he would just post these and people would be, you know, this was like early in the days of the Internet and early in Twitter. And people would just be attacking these poor girls and he would put their personal information on there, like their social media accounts, their face, their, all that stuff. Some people, they would end up finding out their addresses, oh their phone God. numbers. And there was one mother who just, she was incredible. And she's just went after him and after him and after him. And then this other guy too. And then anonymous actually came in too and went after him, but he is just scum. And what blew my mind about this docu-series is how many women love this guy or loved this guy. They would be like, I would do anything for you. I want to, like, one of them was like, I want to snort coke off your dick. All this stuff that, and women would actually do this stuff. And they loved him. And like my sister and I said, he looks like he never showers. He looks, like, you just look up a picture of him and he looks sleazy as hell. Plus the stuff that he's doing is so disgusting in the way he talks about women. And he's still around. And what was great is he originally was going to be in this docu-series. He originally agreed to be on it. And then he backed out at the last minute. And they're like, even though he backed out, we decided to still use his image. Because <laughs> <laughs> he deserves all the hatred he can possibly get. So that's on Netflix. And so it kind of is a good segue into our subject matter. Since that was kind of, uh, it was a docu-series. It was a little bit different. But... He, of course, is upset about it now, um, although I think secretly he loves it because he's getting so much attention again. Um, but let's move into our subject of unauthorized biographies. And there are a lot of films that either aren't approved by the subject or they the subject ends up not liking them later on down the line. So, like, in, in the instance of, like... Um, catch me if you can the main guy that's based on he now hates that movie and i actually kind of like the reason he hates that movie so we'll get into (laughs) that one later if someone else doesn't want to and some of these i'm like i don't care that you hate that this was made about you (laughs) like ike turner i could care less if you're upset yeah yeah really (laughs) so that seems to be the people that
1: are upset about it is the ones that are not good people And then everyone finds out they're not good people. That seems to be the people that are more upset.
0: Most of them. Yeah. Most of them. Some, but most of them. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll start out with films that aren't approved by the subject. Um, So do you have any, what's one that you want to mention first, Carla?
3: So I'm going to start with one where, okay, whatever. It's uh, the Jackson's American, American dream because it brings up a lot of very uncomfortable things that the Jackson family was not really interested in having a light shown on it. But you know, it, it's this is the thing with being like as visible a star as the Jacksons are, especially Michael and Janet. And so there's a lot of attention on you whether you like it or not. And there's a lot of also interest in your life, especially when you're as private as they wanted to be. So, uh, th- and I mean, there are like a lot, well, not a lot. There were like three or four movies about the Jackson family, but this one I thought was the one that stood out the most. There's a lot more, obviously that can be said about Michael Jackson and about his life and about um, things that he did. But this is this came out kind of at a time when people were still seeing him mostly in a positive light, and so the, this movie kind of you know like the, the whole thing of like oh it's tarnishing the legacy of a of somebody who is a, a legend and all of that. But it, it's very complicated for that reason, for many reasons. So that that for me is the one that really stood out the most in my mind because that one was like especially if you're from our generation when you know there was such reverence for for Michael for Michael Jackson in particular that that really um it made you, it, it made you kind of wonder about all of these things that were being said about him and about his family and of course there are a lot of rumors that are not true and then there are plenty there are so yeah yeah. <laughs> That's, there. That's my,
1: my best segue. It's like, yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: so, Aaron, do you
1: have... Yeah. I th- Again, there are, like, so many. It was hard to choose. And then I kind of went down these rabbit holes when I was, like, researching them of what the subjects thought about them, which was really some interesting information on some of these. I went with some ones that... Movies that I enjoy myself i guess um just because there's so many i get to pick something it's crazy so one that a more recent one that i enjoyed and i can see why people involved uh in the story didn't but um i Tonya, i think is love i Tonya. it's fantastic uh <laughs> i have no idea how much of that is actually true um i know that they've kind of said it doesn't portrayed them very accurately i like how it reframed the narrative sort of but i don't know i found it entertaining i know these kind of movies are not 100 accurate they're probably not 50 accurate they're just it's entertaining it conveys the general like idea of the story or their life i like the ones better that don't go this whole span of someone's life like this was mm-hmm. just about one time period in her life and i think those are more interesting because you can get more detail than if you're trying to cover like 50 years of someone's life you know Mm -hmm. in a two hour movie but um that was one of my favorites i think on my list margot robbie and i guess this is is she's just amazing um
0: she should have won an oscar for that performance yeah
1: yeah. And I had like no interest in seeing it when it's in the movie theater. I was like, this is going to be so stupid. And now I kind of wish I had gone. <laughs> it was really good. Yeah, I love that
0: movie. And um, Sebastian Stan is, uh, is really good in that, too. Uh, yeah. And Those two together are so great. Yeah. And Allison and Janney was really good in oh, it, too. Yeah. And of course, who she's portraying, that person doesn't like it. But I mean... <laughs> She's a jerk. And neither does Tanya Harding's ex-husband, but he was an abusive jerk. So it's yeah. like, of course you're not. And Nancy Kerrigan doesn't like it. And th- th- that I can see, I mean, that's a little bit different side of it because she was mm-hmm. the one who was traumatized. But, but I think as far as I know, Tanya Harding, you know, she's totally on board with that because it is such a different way of framing her where she's not completely uh, the horrible person. Um, but yeah, and, and that movie is very entertaining and, you know, ironically enough, I don't know if you knew this, Aaron, but the people who did that movie are the same people who did the Pam and Tommy series. Oh, that, that would make sense. And they're the, they have the same feel to them and everything. When you watch those, they have the yeah. same kind of energy about them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, yeah, yeah. Well, the first one I'm going to go with actually, um, is the blind side. Mm which I want to point this one out because the blind side is very much a white savior movie. The movie is all about how great and wonderful Sandra Bullock's character is for taking in this poor, poor traumatized black kid and who, you know, is kind of portrayed as, um, <laughs> you know, he's, he's got that, the, the, uh, what's the word? Well, the reason that Michael Orr doesn't like this is he's like, um, he, he, doesn't like it because of the way he's portrayed. He takes mm-hmm. issue with how simple they're trying to make him or, and also um, and also, complain that the movie it complicated his career, causing people to scrutinize him far more closely than other players simply because the movie exists. And the movie is not about him. The movie is about Sander Bullock's character. That's mm-hmm. the thing. And that's probably another thing. I mean, and it really is painting this thing of like, The white woman comes in, the rich white woman too, and the rich southern white woman, I Mm -hmm. think, on top of it. So you've got all of these things and she goes and saves the black kid who happens to have this amazing talent and is an incredible football player, which is true. I mean, he was on a Super Bowl team. But it's centered so much on her that it kind of makes him, he's not a real character, I don't think, in The Blind Side. He's not a real human being. He's not fully fleshed out. He's just this caricature. He's just like, you know, he's, he's he's safe. Number one, he's quote unquote safe. And he also doesn't have to have too much input into his life because that's going to be all the white person is going to be putting the input into his life. And I think that's another reason that he didn't like that one. So, yeah. And it doesn't surprise me with that one when you watch it. It doesn't really surprise me that he has an issue with it. I'm not positive on um, the the woman and, and the family and everything like that. I don't know how they completely feel about it, but I know he doesn't appreciate it. So, yeah. Uh, Okay, well, Carla, do you have another film?
3: The the Green Book, which I know is not strictly a biography, but it's supposed to be about how the Green Book came about and about... Like, it features real-life people, but they basically, again, another white savior trope story where... It's more about the white guy and how you know, like, oh, we can all come together if we just, you know, take a moment to understand each other. And it's like it's BS. Like the whole point of the Green Book was to keep Black people safe as they traveled. Why is that not a compelling enough story? Well, because it's too many Black people, and we know Hollywood does not deal well with um when it with anything other than a white lens. So it's it's really it's just a, a disgusting take on on something that is a crucial part of Black American history. And the fact that, you know, like, everybody involved with the movie, well, I don't know everybody, but definitely Viggo Mortensen and I think it was the Farrelly brothers who who directed it. They're like, what's the problem? I don't get it. You know, like, we're bringing, we're shining a light on something to do with the Black community that should be thanking us without at all, you know, even trying to understand why there's a problem with it. I mean, like it's supposed to be about the Green Book, and it's about Viggo Mortensen goes on a road trip. It's like kind of a reverse Driving Miss Daisy, but well, I guess that's pretty much it. it. It all goes to benefit the 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 white the point of view of the white person, and nothing to do with black people you know like um with uh dr green the 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 manual is actually entitled the negro motorist green book an international travel guide (sighs) make a movie about that that's what eh, but whatever white and hollywood and
0: yeah instead let's watch again a racist
3: become not racist (laughs) Right. that's it's what the whole movie's about right it's like oh the power of of white person's flexibility and thinking isn't that wonderful is it you know like you're patting yourselves on the back for doing the bare minimum again
0: yeah yeah it's like oh i met i met a really great black person so i'm no longer racist
3: <laughs> yeah i mean j- just watch and like In two years, you're going to have a slew of movies about police people and how they're saints for not having killed a black person. I used to kill a lot of black people back in the day, but I stopped. The day I met this one who took the time to explain to me why they don't like it.
0: Yeah, we actually got that Three Billboards outside of, you know, the Three Billboards Mm -hmm. movie. That's a lot about a racist cop who becomes better in the end and yeah so yeah
3: oh but there's going to be like you know how there were you know a a bunch of um, asteroid movies and you know huge (laughs) disaster movies and like all of these ecological disaster movies and the rock climbing off of this thing is going to be all cops managing to not kill black people movies
0: (laughs) it's true it's true (laughs) god bless
3: them
1: (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah. Sadly, that is going to happen. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, Aaron, you...
1: I'm going to say this, despite I know your feelings about um, the director, but um, The Social Network, I thought was an interesting movie. And the fact that it angered all of those, like, Silicon Valley bros kind of just makes me happy. Plus, Andrew Garfield. So... We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> um, I don't care. I'll watch them in anything. Um, yeah, no, I thought that was interesting. I know um, some of those guys were upset about how it made them look. Um, and I don't think it was based on a book. But when they created the movie, I don't think they consulted anyone that the movie was about when they made it. But I've I actually found it to be an interesting movie to watch. But I know... There's problems with Aaron Sorkin. I will acknowledge.
0: No, it, well, yeah, with the writing. The director is David Fincher though. And I oh, right, right. He
1: wrote yeah, there. yeah. He's I was little, like
0: I don't have a problem even, no, with no, David sorry. Fincher. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But yeah, I don't like Aaron Sorkin at all. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, cuz I know Mark Zuckerberg, you know, he but who cares about him? But he yeah. is, right. <laughs> Honestly, nobody cares about your feelings,
1: Mark Zuckerberg.
0: <laughs> I mean, I know we're live on Facebook right now. But I don't care. <laughs> um, <laughs> But, yeah, no, I, he's you know, he's scum, but he didn't like it because it made it seem like the reason he started Facebook was because he was upset about a girl breaking up with him, which is not why he started Facebook. But who cares? It, he has a fragile ego. He has a that fragile white male ego perfectly. i'm I'm not a big fan of the movie myself, but i but I, I but I don't feel bad for him for being upset about. Uh, That portrayal, I just can't. It's there's some people, I'm like, I don't give a crap. It would be one thing if it was like they painted him as like this, like amazing human being, (laughs) did these amazing things. Then I'd be like, okay, I have a little bit of an issue with this, but yeah, yeah, but yeah, I I was like, what director is she going to be mentioning here (laughs) that I don't (laughs) like? (laughs) Let's see. Yeah, we're gonna actually probably talk about um speaking of David Fincher we're probably going to talk about Fight Club next year as part of our Gen X Ooh. movie series plus it's just an interesting movie to examine period okay well i'm going to actually mention a movie that is directed by someone that i do not like but i love this movie mainly for the main performance and that's the doors and i know carla is a fan of this movie too And, um, you know, Val Kilmer is Val Kilmer's performance in The Doors performances as as Jim Morrison is one of the best performances in any biopic period. He should have won an Oscar. The fact that he wasn't even nominated is just mind blowing to me because he's so good and he really captured who Jim Morrison was like Jim Morrison's persona and his voice. I mean, that singing is him and he sounds just like Jim Morrison, but Ray Manzarek, who uh, also wrote this amazing um, book called Poet in Exile. And it's all about what if Jim Morrison really wasn't dead. And it's about him being reunited with Jim Morrison on an island. It's really good. It's really beautiful. You can tell that Ray Manzarek still deeply loves Jim Morrison. Well, Ray Manzarek was initially going to direct this, was going to direct a Doors movie. And a lot of the Doors band members aren't very happy about this, but he in particular isn't because he does not like the way Jim Morrison was portrayed in this. He says Jim Morrison wasn't as odd and out there as the film says he was. And he also says he was never violent or weird like that. And um, he's also said that, you know, Jim Morrison didn't like drop out of college. There wasn't anything like that. And so he doesn't like the way that he was negatively. He doesn't like the negative aspects of it. And I've also heard a lot of people say that um, Pam, Pamela, in there is not accurately portrayed at all. Mm-hmm. I've heard that from some people around that, that say she was actually really not a very good person. <laughs> but I don't know if that's true or not. But I've heard that from some people that she's, you know, that wasn't very accurately portrayed. And there is a book, I think Ray Van Eric was the one who actually wrote the other novel about the doors I don't no, I can't remember I can't believe I can't remember that because I was big into the doors and jim morrison when I was <laughs> when I was a teenager I was I loved the doors and I loved jim morrison's poetry and everything so I was big into that and I loved this movie but I understand that you know if if you're watching someone who it is it does portray him as someone who is a very unstable person And so if he wasn't that way, then that's then that's probably very painful to watch of someone that you really love and care about and that isn't around to defend themselves. That's the Mm -hmm. other part is when it's someone who's deceased, they can't defend themselves. They can't say this is actually what happened. And Oliver Stone is notorious for not being accurate in his biopics. Um, And he did go to Vietnam. He did actually go to Vietnam. um, Oliver Stone did. But I do want to say this isn't so much a biopic, but it's kind of that way. My dad was in Vietnam and my dad used to always say which Vietnam movies were accurate and which weren't. And he said, Platoon is the most inaccurate Mm -hmm. Vietnam movie you will ever watch. He's like, it's so not true. Um, And then if you want to know what is the most accurate, Full Metal Jacket. So, you know, he said, if you want to know what it's like to go to boot camp, you watch Full Metal Jacket, which is just horrifying, but yeah. (laughs) <laughs> but it's accurate. So, so yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, we'll do one more round here. And then I want to get to just talking about um, Pam and Tommy, that television show. I do want to mention that. I don't know if everybody's watched it, but just to talk a little bit about that. So, Carla, do you have another one?
3: Yeah. I mean, okay. I'm going to go with Nina, the Nina Simone biopic that came out um, some time ago. And there were just, like, so many things that were not okay about it um the the family i think it was her her sister her daughter who came out and and said that the the relationship between nina simone and her assistant clifton henderson was not as it was depicted in the movie in the movie it was depicted as a romantic relationship and her daughter came out and said well no because clifton henderson was gay they didn't have a romantic relationship you know the, but when they're making these movies they, they want to have a hook and so often the hook ends up being the romantic partnership you know like that that's how walk the line i think one of the, the big things about it is the relationship between june and johnny carter johnny cash johnny cash oh my gosh well june carter that's what <laughs> <laughs> see I'm being very progressive he was so progressive he, <laughs> took, her last. he took her last name that's what it was I, I'm making him more progressive than he may or may not have been I don't know then you know there's also the the fact that they cast I mean this is a, a whole other thing but the colorism of casting Zoe Saldana as Nina Simone who was a dark skinned black woman um, f- more fuller figured and all of that and having her be basically padded up and black-faced into a Nina Simone caricature so like that's yeah so the the family was not pleased with it I sincerely doubt that Nina Simone would have been pleased with the the way that she was depicted because the whole thing was just so out of pack so out of pocket it's you know the um I think it was the, the director who she was like desperate to make the movie and she really wanted to tell the story but this is one of those situations where if you can't do it well then just don't do it step aside and let somebody else do it rather than doing this half-baked production wherein the only story that's being told is that of your ego and wanting to be connected to the name on the marquee you know just it, it, it was really disheartening and sad that there already aren't enough biographies and just stories of, of great black artists out there. And then the ones that are sometimes have these issues and it's just like, Oh, you know, no big deal. Like no, no biopic is a hundred percent accurate. Yeah. But you're just like 10% accurate. So maybe deal with that. Yeah. Erin.
1: Okay. So I do have a couple of TV shows. Well, you know, like not like full on shows, but like Pam and Tommy um, that were the limited series. But I do want to talk about a movie that I saw and I enjoyed was Lucy and Desi uh, about Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz. Um, I know their children have said that's not really a very accurate portrayal of them, but if you, and I didn't watch it for quite a while after it came out it probably six months um, after it came out before I watched it. But i enjoyed it not thinking of these as like real people sort of um because i kind of grew up with like i love lucy was one of my mom's like favorite shows when i was growing up like why are we watching black and white shows mom but she (laughs) just loved it so much so it's like kind of one of those things where like i just really loved lucille ball so that's pretty much why i watched it and i i can see how it was not super flattering and that's probably very upsetting to watch a movie being made about your parents i can only imagine like just how like weird and awful that must be um so it's it's kind of i don't know i feel bad for a lot of the family members of these people especially the ones that aren't alive to even have any chance of input into something about their life it like almost seems like you should just wait until like them and their children are gone before you make a movie about people just because it's gonna be so like traumatizing for all of the people in their family to watch something that's probably at some point not going to make them look very flattering but yeah i thought it was a good movie but the whole time watching it i just i just kept thinking like oh this has got to be like very just traumatizing for their kids
0: yeah i i didn't see it but yeah yeah i i think that's the big thing is when they're the person is deceased you know like i said like it's it's harder because I don't know there's a part of it that um and I'm talking about people that were actually like good people but
2: mm-hmm.
0: I think it's it's like it's hard because you know you don't you, I'm not saying you got have to get precious about someone's history or something mm-hmm. but at the same time especially like you said if they have living relatives and you have to watch someone tarnish or defame or you know put something in there that you know wasn't true or even if it was true and you have to watch it on there and maybe it was a very private moment and like a private battle and then you have to watch it played out it's the same kind of thing with in a way with true crime stuff too is that you're also taking someone's pain and putting it on screen and so it's kind of like this weird game kind of like Okay, should we do this? Should we not do this? Is this important? Is this not important? So, yeah. But I do think there are some people, and I'll just mention it with this, um, like the movie Game Change that was on HBO, the HBO movie. And Sarah Palin has never watched this and said she never will because she uh says um that she's actually that uh, it was based on a false narrative and what i said in my note is whatever who cares because <laughs> she's a horrible awful person and i don't care that she was portrayed as negatively as she was mm-hmm. in in that film i don't know if my other panelists have seen
3: this film has anyone else seen it?
0: I've i seen I want clips. nothing
1: to do. No. I don't think I can watch a movie about her. I'm not going to watch.
3: TV. Yeah, same. I'm not going to watch the whole thing, but I've seen clips. And I'm like, I don't care how this woman is portrayed. Because she <laughs> is like... Uh, she basically put the key in the gateway to hell. So,
0: <laughs> Yeah, and not just her. The people who put her in the game are mm-hmm. actually who did this. Who really put... You know, and I, I, I've i watched it actually several times, to be honest. I've watched it a few times. And I actually really like it. I think it's, it's, it's really, really well done. Um, I think Julianne Moore is really, really good at playing Sarah Palin. And it's a very interesting look at watching someone who they basically thought, this will be an easy way for us to get McCain into office and who had no – experience and really was an awful person. And then she kind of took over everything Mm -hmm. and became the celebrity and how nobody really, I don't, a lot of people that voted for McCain, I think were actually voting for her. So it's, you know, it's, and it, it is highlighting the thing that actually changed everything. From that, we wouldn't have have had certain presidents if it wasn't for her, honestly. So, mm-hmm. and for the people that put her in that seat, when there were other people saying we can't do this, we should not be doing this, we should put this person, we should not be doing this, and yeah, I mean, she wanted to give like a a concession speech, which is never done, and they're and <laughs> they're like, you're not doing that, you're not gonna do that. <laughs> so yeah, she she was just ugh, but anyway um but yeah i just wanted to mention that one because that's one of the ones where i don't give a crap that she doesn't like her betrayal of her i don't care because she's horrible so i don't really give a crap those are the ones that i'm like i don't have very much sympathy for the family members either because i'm like whatever yeah (laughs) unless those family members were abused by the person and then i can that's a different story but yeah um, and then I quickly just wanted to say, I'm sorry, I just wanted to say for uh, Catch Me If You Can, just because I think this is actually kind of an interesting reason why he doesn't like this. So Frank Ab- Abagnale who, Jr., who was played by Leonardo DiCaprio, played this character in Catch Me If You Can. Um, originally, he actually did like this film. He was had a positive reaction. He praised some of the changes that were made, for instance, in real life. Abigail never saw his father again after running away from home as a teenager. But that as time went on, um, Abigail began to not like the movie and to see it in a different light. And his big reason, because he's gone publicly expressed regret about the film being made, saying that he isn't proud of the things he did during those years... And he hates that they have been immortalized and glamorized in movie form. And I actually really like that because that's someone saying, This is not good. We're glamorizing these off I was an awful person and we should and I was doing awful things and we should not be glamorizing the awful things I was doing. Yeah. So I actually like that because that to me is someone taking I don't know, taking, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? My brain is still, so, so dead. Taking blame, taking, taking yeah, ownership, account- accountability, ownership, yeah, yeah. And accountability, ownership and accountability. Yeah. For what they did. So I just wanted to point that out.
2: Another day
3: is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it. That's where bank of America can help for your financial to do's bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
0: Okay, so I know, Aaron, you did say you do have some TV shows. So before I bring up Pam and Tommy then, um, Carla, did you have any TV bio? thingamabobbers yeah
3: and i'm gonna drop it just rock is love just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very true story of of brett michaels on an absolutely painstakingly accurate depiction of his very genuine and heartfelt quest for love it had nothing yeah. to do with banging lots of chicks on the road nothing at all and covering his, his bald spot no absolutely not that no no, just absolutely not. It was pure, pure love that he was looking for. But, and I'm going to drop this <laughs> as just like a, an overall category, which is movies about about crime and about victims and survivors. Because, you know, for example, you have, I mean, one of the the first things that I remember when I moved here from Mexico was like the absolute fascination in 24... Seven coverage, which was not a thing at that time, of Baby Jessica who fell in the in the well. Oh,
0: yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah.
3: And I mean, everybody was glued to their TVs, watching step by step this process of trying to remove this baby girl from the well. And suddenly it's like it's everybody's baby, and you know, like everybody cares about. Me. And I, I, you know, I, I, I absolutely agree with people having empathy for a child who has you know who's going through a lot of pain and her family and all of these things and it is a fascinating and a very morbid morbid way but the that situation and so many others then get exploited beyond the, the 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 news views and and you have that you have my name is steven you have the oh i can't remember her name it was cinnamon something um, Cinnamon Brown story, uh, where they may or may not have input; they may not or may not have given authorization for their stories to be shared. But it frequently centers—I mean, especially in the you know late '80s th- through the '90s—centered around children going through something horrific and having to have your worst nightmarish moment of your life immortalized on television for everybody to see and having to not just relive those experiences, but have people have all of this knowledge about something intimate that happened to you. It's so exploitative and it's so awful. So, you know, for me, those kinds of, of films, and I think that even with the involvement of the people who went through it, it's still exploitative and there's only so much you know, real permission that you can get for this because uh, sometimes, you know, if they are um, compensated for it, then it's probably going to help them further deal with their issues or for, from debts accrued from some horrible situation that they went through. It just, you know, um, particularly before there were GoFundMes available because there was a huge gap of time when people's stories are being just thrust into the faces of the public and there's no real way to be like oh wow i want to help this person can i send them some money you know like that kind of thing so i i I think that's one of the, the the grossest misuses of um of real stories to tell even you know slightly fictionalized stories and i don't know if you if you remember this one movie where it was Candace Cameron and Fred Savage and Fred Savage was the abusive boyfriend
0: oh yeah gosh what was that name
3: I cannot remember the name oh. of it but yeah it's like and I mean if, if you're a white person who grew up with 80s shows um, they're they're pretty cute people so you know But your story isn't cute and it's, I I can't imagine how hurtful it would be to see my life story being told by these complete strangers and then to have it referenced as some kind of cultural touchstone for who knows how long.
0: Yeah, and that was No One Would Tell. I just looked it up was the name of the movie. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, a lot of those movies around that time, like a lot of the like movie of the week and Lifetime movies and stuff like that are all kind of in that, which I should have put that on here. I just, for some reason, I was thinking mainly like the celebrity kind of type things, but that's a whole, I mean, we could do a whole episode on that too, because those the Lifetime movie genre, because I watched those like crazy. Those were like one of my biggest guilty pleasures. And it used, to, when I first moved out, because um, I'm a couple years older you know, than my sister, and my sister and I would be talking on the phone and I, inevitably we would always be watching the same Lifetime movie or the same Dateline episode or stuff like that, where it is like this crime, true crime and pain becomes a commodity. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's a very, yeah, yeah. And it's, and that baby, oh my God, baby Jessica. who that was, who that was, yeah. So yeah, well, I have one I'm going to bring up then when it comes around to me, because that reminded me of a documentary that kind of talks about one of those things um so aaron do you have any you said you have some television
1: yeah and that's like they kind of take the whole at the beginning of anything they're like based on a true story and then like none of it is true (laughs) (laughs) they're like watching this that'd be a great idea let's make a movie and then not make it about that at all so one that i thought was really interesting was a recent one a movie that hulu made called the act um yes I, oh
0: that's so good oh yeah. my gosh that's so good
1: that movie is just bananas shockingly the girl gypsy rose blanchard um doesn't actually like even the way she was portrayed in that even though she's like 100 the big victim in this um she said that she kind of doesn't love the way she was portrayed in that but i i think it's a really great series um i think it was like what six episodes or so it wasn't a lot but i thought it was it just like blows my mind that any of that happened so i mean even whenever someone is like not the bad guy i can see there's you know they still don't love the way um that they were shown Um, Another one that I watched recently was Mrs. America. I think that was also Hulu, Um, which was interesting to an extent. It kind of tells like the fight to pass the Equal Rights Act. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know it it was a little extreme. Like it was very leaning a little bit too far towards the liberal uh, agenda if we That's what we want to call it. Um, And I know like Phyllis Schlafly, like her daughter has said she even tried to be involved in the production and they just refused to even talk to her. And her character was a bit extreme. And even the portrayal of Gloria Steinem kind of glorified a lot of things that she wasn't even involved in and gave her credit for and stuff. So again, it was um, interesting fictionalization, I would say Um, which seems to be a lot of these that I remember watching and then doing research for this about it. And I'm like, Oh, well, half of that's not true. Hmm. So, (laughs) um, And one that I'm watching right now that I actually really enjoy is called Pistol. And it's um, the story of the sex pistols. Oh, I've heard very mixed things on that. (laughs) Yes. I've watched um, two episodes. I think there's eight total and It's very interesting. I know Johnny Rotten has said that he does not appreciate um, how they're portraying him. And he tried to be involved again and they just told him, no, we're good. Thanks. But I'm enjoying it again. I think you've got to take all of these, like, not as absolute truth um, that they're trying to get a story out in an entertaining way, but it's entertaining to me. I like it, but that's kind of, like my favorite sort of time period and scene like if i could go anywhere in time it would probably be like the punk scene in the 70s and 80s so <laughs> i love it and i really like the way it's filmed um it's there's a lot of like interesting shots and it's like all grainy and looks like it was filmed on old film and stuff so it's kind of cool and it's fun you get to see like the evolution of music and stuff but yeah i know that they're not super happy about it either
0: Well, I hope they're portraying Sid Vicious as the evil, awful scumbag that he was, because he was an awful scumbag. That band, I mean, I've listened to their music, but they are horrible. I mean, they they were racist jerks. And he was an abusive asshole and did horrible things and basically killed someone. So, I
1: don't know. Sorry. I just. Yeah. No, we haven't. He hasn't entered the the story yet. Oh, okay. We'll see how they do that. Yeah. (laughs) We're still at the very beginning. They, like, just, just, like, got their name and stuff. So, yeah, I remember
0: the Clash was very much, you know, when the Clash came about and and other bands, they were very much like, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: you know, we have to be opposed to what the Sex Pistols were doing and stuff and a lot of their racist rhetoric and stuff like that, too. So Mm -hmm. that's why I'm always that's why I was curious about that one, because. I'd heard such mixed things about it, but it, but I couldn't get a feel on why people didn't like it or did like it. Some people just said that it was boring. So I was like, okay, I don't know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, I don't know if it's, boring. like I said, I've only watched two episodes not even two full episodes, like one and a half, but I don't know. It's got like the whole like we're starving artists in 1970s London and like just like living in an abandoned building and stuff which which i think is cool so again i'm totally accepting that this is not accurate at all
0: yeah well well, i i highly recommend i don't know if you've if you've seen this erin but i think one of the best musical biopics that has ever Around and nobody talks about it. Is this movie? And I and and I don't know if it's unauthorized or not. So I know this is kind of not on topic, but is <laughs> this movie called Control? And it's all about uh, the lead singer of Joy Division, who um, and Trigger when he he committed suicide, and that's how Joy Division became New Order. So most of the people from Joy Division then formed New Order. So if you're a New Order fan, I hope you know this. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big huge deal about new order and joy division's music was a lot more somber and um because you know it was written by by um Ian Curtis who was going through a lot of mental health stuff but it's a beautiful amazing very sad film so i don't know if you've watched it but i highly recommend it it's it's one of the best musical biopics i've ever ever watched and nobody talks about it because probably because it's about someone that a lot of people don't know a lot about and about a band that a lot of people don't know a lot about, even though you've heard their songs like in stranger things and stuff. So. Yeah. Oh, I'll put that on my list. Yeah. It's really, really good movie. Um, And it just made me, I don't know <laughs> when you said the London thing, because they are yep. London. Yeah. And there's another film that's all about um, new order and, um, and the whole scene and how electronic music and stuff like that was like, and oh <sighs> Anyway, sorry. This is totally has nothing to do with you (laughs) to say. We are going to be talking about New Order, hopefully, later this year. I can't find a single person to be on that with me. I don't know why nobody wants to talk about one of the best bands ever, but whatever. (laughs) We'll also talk about Joy Division on that, for sure, because I love Joy Division, and you can't talk about New Order without mentioning Joy Division. Okay, well, I did want to mention really quickly, because when this was brought up about, you know, true crimes, and and Carla mentioned um, the... My name is Steven one. Um, there is a docu series on Hulu that is I want to warn you, it's very hard to watch um, but it's all about it's all about that family and it's mm-hmm. also let me get it up here. Um, it's called Captive Audience. So it's all about what that did to the real steven not just the, not only the movie although they talk about that they don't they family did not like that movie at all mm-hmm. but it also talks about you know how he was a very shy person um very introverted and he had this spotlight just on him when they found him luckily because he was an amazing human being who saved this other boy yeah. and risked everything to save this other boy because he's like i don't want you to go through what i went through for years i mean he was held captive for a long time then his brother well sadly he died uh, he died he was in a motorcycle accident so he actually went on he got married he had kids he lived a happy life but then his brother became—it was the Yosemite serial killer. So it's this really fascinating documentary because it's like it's like all these extremes of this family, and a lot of people said, you know, the brother, hate the older brother who became the serial killer, hated how much spotlight was on his.
3: Younger yeah, mother, which, I mean, like the guy was clearly very disturbed, so. Oh, you yeah. know whether he was jealous of the attention of on, on his brother or not like that only goes to solidify character- that character- characterization I mean it was just so much going on but yeah like that that's just part of that whole phenomenon of these of these movies and this family just happened to have like a double dose of of horror attached to their into their lives it, it, you know, I, I can't imagine what it was like for the parents for, I think they have a sister as well who, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah and, you know, um, Stephen's children and it, so it, it it's just a cascade effect that falls on these people who have to not only live with this, but to be constantly bombarded by having it like, oh, oh, I've heard of you. You know, like, didn't your, your uncle do this and your dad do this? I I, I can't imagine. But, um mm. but I mean that, that's part of why I wanted to bring up the whole phenomenon of um of these kinds of of movies and portrayals. It's that there are you're just revictimizing people and it's an all to get some some viewers you know mm. I, I, it's just gross, so one thing that I also wanted to mention is the the series on Hulu Sick. which was it it aired last year in 2021 and it's about how you know it's everything to do with purdue pharma and with oxycontin and and the the way that the sackler family and their purdue pharmacies manufacture the oxycodone and how they marketed it and um, purposely misled people into believing that it was a safe medication that was not addictive Um, and it also pulls in stories from a lot of people who were victimized by oxycodone and, um, the Sacklers misleading practices. And it was, I mean, the Sacklers don't like the the way that they're portrayed. They, 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 you know, particularly Richard Sackler, who was the, the, the one who was the, the main leader of the family and who gave the biggest push to have this drug out there and who... Um, but, so, the, I don't know how much of it, obviously, like, who knows how much of it is factual versus not? There's a lot that gets heightened for, for the drama of the, of the show, but I enjoyed it, I enjoyed the performances, I I thought it was well done, but yeah, like, the Sacklers didn't particularly care for it, I don't care how they feel about it, they're gross and evil, but this is an example of one of those one of those series that actually even though you know it's it's not authorized it's not liked by the subjects but it does more good than harm because thanks to the visibility that they gave to it suddenly all of these museums that had been you know they had wings named after the Sacklers because of the contributions that they made to these places they were taking down the they were taking that down and All of these um, potential prosecutions that could finally happen against the family who has protected themselves legally in just some really contorted ways. They may actually finally be personally held responsible for the deaths of all of these people who have been hooked on this drug that they purposely um, mislabeled. So... This is one where it's um it it's it's fascinating how it came about. I don't care that the tacklers don't like it, but I I feel like not that having to have the worst moments of your life. I can't imagine that it's easy or a great thing to have happen to you. But if the people who went through this and, and um i don't know if, how many of them were fictional fictionalized or not but it ends up serving a greater purpose so i don't know like th- there's just many ways to feel about it but i think that overall um it's done more good than harm oh yeah. And I, I completely forgot to mention this when we were talking about movies. And it's one of the, the the biggest things in my brain. And for some reason, it didn't come out of my mouth, though. And that's Mommy Dearest.
2: Oh, yeah. Yes. Ooh, yeah. The Mommy portrayal Dearest. of
3: Joan Crawford <laughs> oh, and yeah. the, the way that she abused her daughter. I mean, like, that's where you get the classic line, no wire hangers ever. And, oh, it's terrifying. It's terrifying. And just, wow. I it's a horror movie but it's uh, it's what somebody went through but it's horrifying just absolutely horrifying
0: yeah and maybe someday we'll cover feud which is a ryan because it's a ryan murphy show
3: <laughs> thing about
0: you know joan crawford and um betty davis and their their real life feud and all that stuff with susan sarandon and um um Jessica Lang. I'm like, how can I forget Jessica Lang's She's like the darling of I, I love Jessica Lang, though. I'm not putting her down at all because I think she's incredible. But <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. And so Aaron, did you have a- another one? Um, I-, I actually think I covered all of mine. Okay. Yeah, just the Pam and Tommy. I think that deserves like own section.
0: Yeah, yeah. And we'll get into that here in a second. I'm gonna quickly mention though. Uh, and the Dope Sick reminded me, this is the, it was recently out, um, Dropout, the Dropout with Amanda Seafried playing oh, that yeah. woman who created the, um, you know, the, what were they called? Because I wasn't planning on me re- mentioning this, so sorry, I should have put this up beforehand. But the woman who created that blood that was supposed to be just one drop of blood and it would end up, you know,
1: I don't know if any, I don't know if either of my panelists have watched this, but No, she's another one that, like, I have no interest in learning anything about. Yeah, same. (laughs) She sounds awful. Yeah, exactly. Elizabeth Holmes. Yeah.
3: Well, and the thing is with.
1: So was her
0: boyfriend
3: was awful, too, though. With with that particular movie, I feel like a lot of people are having more sympathy towards her. And I just, that, that grosses me out. I haven't seen any of that, so no? okay, that's good. interesting. Because she's not, she's
0: not at all depicted as being a good person. There's not one ounce of that at all in the movie or the show. She's not at all depicted like that. So that could be just people wanting to put. Because I haven't seen that. I've mm-hmm. seen a lot of people say, "Man, she just is like horrible, like a sociopath," is what a lot of you know. Um, but Amanda Seafried's really good in that. So I think Amanda Seafried is. An incredible actress so shout out to her she's absolutely incredible. uh so pam and tommy of course is a docu-series or not docu-series but bio-, bio series or whatever it's called i don't know that was on hulu um all about the sex tape that leaked that was out in the 90s um that featured pamela anderson and tommy lee Um, And so it's also starts out about the guy who did that who stole the sex tape stole the safe he stole Mm -hmm. the big huge safe and all this other stuff in there and then he found the sex tape he was stealing the safe because Tommy Lee Tommy Lee is a horrible person (laughs) I just want to put that out there he's a horrible abusive prick Mm -hmm. Uh, but he would not pay these people that were doing all this work on his home. Like he refused to pay them. And so the contractor was so upset about this and pissed that he wanted to get revenge on him. So he went and broke into his home, stole the safe, and then found the sex tape. And the internet was just becoming a thing then. It took off. People kind of took it away from him. He knew people. He used to be a porn star. So he knew people in pornography. And he went to that. He was married to somebody. I don't know how accurate all of that is. Um, and then the other part of it, of course, is dealing is watching Tommy Lee and Pamela Anderson deal with the fallout of that, especially Pamela Anderson, because as she says, as um, Lily James, who's, who plays her, as she says in the show time again to Tommy Lee, this is not a big deal for you. You are going to get high fives because you mm-hmm. slept with me. I am getting called a slut, a whore. I, I'm the one and you know a lot of people said well what does it matter you were in Playboy that's consensual what happened there is not consensual so that's the big thing this also is famous because it has um, the talking penis scene with Sebastian Stan talking to his penis <laughs> which is one of the most incredible things I never knew I needed to
1: see I love Sebastian Stan so much
0: I know, and it's not his penis by the way I mean- <laughs> It's it's one of those. He might have had to, you know, look at the penis (laughs) person like we brought up about about uh, Ratchet. (laughs) but anyway, so Carla, have you seen this? No, no. Okay, so Aaron, I know you have seen this. I've seen it.
1: It's Um, yeah, it's so good. You should watch it, Carla. Even though it is actually really, Tommy is such an asshole. And, and just,
0: he's portrayed like that. I want
1: to say, which oh is yeah, quite surprising I'm, to me that he actually likes this series, because he doesn't care look. that he's an asshole. He's mm-hmm. gone decades of people accepting him, acting like this, and like still loving him for it. He doesn't care what people think about him because everyone still loves him for some reason. Like some of the the scenes where the way he was talking to her and it's just heartbreaking. I just it was i can see how she never wants to watch it i would like that would just not even the whole yes the reliving the sex tape over and over again and them essentially playing it over and over again in the show to make the point about how traumatized she was of it being played over and over again which makes no sense but like the way that these people were talking to her and she's a smart intelligent person Like a lot of the time she seemed like the smartest person in the room for these meetings that they were having (laughs) and the way that people were treating her. Like I just wanted to scream at the TV. I want to go shake these people. Like what's wrong with you? And like, you've ruined this woman's whole life just because you can't accept that maybe she wants a little bit of control over her own life. The whole thing, it was very good show, but the whole thing still makes me so mad the way that she's been treated i think she's a great person she does like a lot of stuff with um animal rescues and stuff so that's like special too but i just oh my god it's it's infuriating the way that they i don't know again i don't know how much of it is a hundred percent accurate but it kind of seems like a lot of this stuff went that way whenever they were like well it's out there now so you can Um, you know, sell it, sell the tape to this production company. And she's like, I'm not going to let anybody make money off of, like, my tragedy. You know, it it was just crazy. And the way that Tommy um, treated her is just terrible. And I know a lot of things are like that. Like, men can be awful assholes. And then she tries to stand up for herself one time, and the whole world turned against her. So it was just tragic, but it was very interesting if you like to attach the fact that this was a real human's life that got ruined over this
0: yeah and it's hard because i think it's really really good but i do think (laughs) but i do struggle because i'm like she really doesn't like this and she doesn't like that this is out there i think for me i was able to you know which i'm not saying this is necessarily a good thing but I was able to excuse it by saying, well, they aren't, it's all on her side. This whole docuseries is completely 110% on her side. Like it's totally like looks at how misogynistic everybody around her was and how misogynistic Hollywood is. And also the way that um, anyone who does any kind of nudities and playboy is in any kind of how they are treated because i think that's a lot of what happened with her and also she was treated like she was dumb and she's not dumb she's not dumb at all and she was treated like a bimbo and i mean they have scenes in there where like and i don't know how accurate this is but i would believe it where uh when she was on baywatch where she these scenes where she's trying to say you know I don't think this line really fits. It makes my character look stupid or why would my character do this? It makes no sense. And, and can I, and, and she would prepare for like these big monologues and she was so excited because she, all she wanted to do was act and, and be respected. And, you know, she loved watching old movies and all that kind of stuff. And they cut the, and they cut it because they're like, nobody, we just want to see you bouncing your boobs, bouncing kind of thing. And so you saw that and then you saw the scene where she has to watch as everybody on the crew has seen the sex tape and treating her differently and then going on – In this is stuff that did happen – going on talk shows and being asked about it in a way that's so demeaning and demoralizing. So, you know, it's hard. And she has – I want to say she has a – she's doing her own show, her own autobiography kind of thing on Netflix – um, and it's going to be all about her from her words and her side of things. So I am looking forward to that, um, and supporting that. So it's, it's hard. Cause I'm like, I should probably should not watch this now that she's like, I, this is not okay. I, but like I said, if, if they had painted like Tommy Lee as like this heroic figure who was great and wonderful, I would have had a real hard time with that, but he's not. He is, I mean, he's a dick from moment one, from the first moment you see him when he's not paying the contractors, and he's standing there in his little Speedo, and I'm like, <laughs> he's always just walking around in a little fucking Speedo. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm like, Sebastian stands attractive, but I don't wanna, <laughs> I, I don't know.
1: <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. It, yeah, it's hard to, the whole point that they made is how this whole thing ruined her life and the like sensationalizing all of this stuff ruined her life, but then they're doing it again. So it's like just really complicated.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I just wish it wasn't so well done <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> in a way. Cause it is really, I mean, the performances mm-hmm. are incredible. I mean, but yeah. everybody in it is really, really good. So yeah.
1: It's yeah. To- I'm glad to hear that she is doing something herself. Um, I'm really excited to watch that. And that reminds me of um, another thing that Madonna is also doing that, um, writing her own um, biopic because she just wants to beat anybody to it because then once her real story is out there, you know, she owns it and she gets to decide what's in it, um, which I think is really cool.
0: Yeah. I, 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 mm-hmm,
3: sure.
1: I'm, <laughs> I'm not a fan of Madonna's <laughs> at all. So, <laughs> I know, I'm having the same
3: reaction, like, oh, good for her.
1: Yeah, but she's, like, at least, you know, deciding. But I know what you're saying. She's taking control because.
0: Right. And I I understand because she did say a big reason she wants to do that is because she doesn't want men to have a say in it because Mm -hmm. then it'll turn misogynistic, which is true. I'm not I'm not a fan of hers, but it is very true that if men. I mean, when I was a kid, I I adored Madonna, but but it is true. If a man was to do that, I think, or a lot of people, Mm -hmm. it would turn into something that would focus solely on the sexual aspects of her but not in a positive light which Mm -hmm. it should be focused on as a positive light and uh, well i'm i'm hoping she also brings to light how abusive sean penn was i mean that would be a nice thing to have brought if she's comfortable with it i want to say if she's comfortable with it she might not be comfortable
1: with it so seems like she's comfortable with just about anything so (laughs) i think it'll be interesting i mean i'm not like a madonna fan or anything but i'll I'd watch it. I mean, I don't think I've ever intentionally even turned on a Madonna song, but i never excited.
0: vote. <laughs> <laughs> I used to I I used to love Madonna. When I was a little kid, I wanted to be Madonna. I'd <laughs> I, I dress like Madonna. But she was big. I That's mean funny. she was like the The thing, you know, I always
3: (laughs) taboo. My experience growing up with the whole Madonna phenomenon was that I was I I would try so hard to understand why people were into her, and then I would be like, yeah, I really like this song of hers, but then I was like, not really. It's just okay. I don't. Why are people so? Yeah, that was my,
1: like, just trying to fit
3: in and fairly miserably because I'm like, I
1: don't get it.
3: Why is everybody?
1: Yeah, it's not my kind of music, but it's. Fine, And Lady
0: Gaga does all of it better and more genuinely. Yes. So. Yes. <laughs> That's all I have to say. Um, <laughs> but, you know, someday, honestly, someday we will probably talk about Madonna because I don't know, the fact that most of our audience, a lot of our audience are Gen Xers mm-hmm. and Madonna was a big thing. And even though I'm not a fan of Madonna, you would not have Lady Gaga and stuff like that
3: without Madonna, honestly. Um, can I pitch a title for it? <laughs> sure. Obligatory Madonna episode. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome.
0: Obligatory Madonna episode. <laughs> okay. Yes, I I will pitch <laughs> that. Yes. Yes, I uh, yeah. I yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I want to know, I mean, we kind of already talked about this with some of these that we don't care as much, but do is it important for the subject to always approve of the film or television project,
3: Carla? I think when it comes to people who have been harmed, people who have, well, especially when you're focusing on the harm and the traumatic event, then yes. And especially when you're dealing with people who are not celebrities Because it's not that celebrities don't have any... um, That they shouldn't be allowed to have private lives. That's not it. But their lives are more public inherently. So um, things like series about how somebody was trapped in a well. Or how somebody... You know, their family was devastated by a family member's murderous spree. All of these things, I think, do require some authorization and they require some input from the family. And if the family is like, no, then you drop it. But we all know that first, capitalism. Secondly, um, greed, which ties into capitalism. So there you go. It's another two for one. That's not always going. They're not going to care. You know, they're not, but I, in in an ideal world, they would, and they would realize, okay, we, we are re-victimizing somebody for our gain. And sometimes they do it in the name of awareness or in the name of, you know, we just, we just want people to know about this. And they'll even talk um, people around to it when, th- what they really should do is just back away and let these people live their lives. So in those instances, Yes, I do believe there should be authorization when it comes to historical figures. That's very different. Historical figures, political figures. I think that there's a responsibility of transparency when it comes to people who are shaping the world in a tangible way that can affect the the lives of a whole populace. Like that's, I, I really think that you know if. Um, if we're aware of some egregious lying being done, which, you know, just point everywhere right now, then I think it's more of a journalistic responsibility of accurately portraying what these people are really about. And then there's that middle ground where you're talking about celebrities, where they're public figures, but they've also gone through something. And you're either exploring their lives because you find them fascinating or you're trying to bring something to light for titillation. And that's where it, where it gets more complicated because, uh, you know, are there historical figures? That's questionable. You know, they, they may affect how... Uh, they may affect something about how something that has changed that has turned the tide of something has made a difference in the world. Like again, to bring up the the Jackson family and how their presence in the world and their talent and their lives have shaped a lot of what is considered um, American culture and, and American music. But there should still be a thinking about, okay, If we're going to be, if we're going to call this a biopic, then let's be accurate. And if it's, if we have to dress something up to glamorize it, to get more seats, more seats in the, more butts in the seats, then, you know, there's plenty of other angles to come at to make this more interesting if that's what you're wanting to do. If it's that um, you're bringing something major to light, then you definitely want to make sure that you're being accurate and believable. But if you're just going to be completely speculative about this person's life, then don't call it a biopic. Then, you know, like, that's when you do the the, the based on... And you can say based on the life of blah, 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 but not call it a biopic because that's just a lie that people are not going to really... Think about critically. They're going to go into it and say, "Oh, have you seen this movie about this person?" And they're going to take it as fact, and they will go around telling everybody, "Oh no, but I saw this in this movie," because you're portraying it as a biography, even if you're just saying, "Oh, well, you know, like some of these things may not have actually happened." Who's going to read the fine print? I mean, I would, and the two of you would, but let's face it, a lot of people don't.
0: Yeah, most people, 99% yeah. ninety-nine percent of people don't. yeah. Aaron.
1: Yeah. Well, if it's on the internet, it's true. Yes. So <laughs> obviously. Obviously. <laughs> the internet told me it's true. <laughs> I think that a lot of things would be hard if you tried to get the subject's permission because, like, a lot of these things don't. The truth is they weren't that great of people and they probably don't want the whole world knowing that. And there's like never one side to a story. So you could go ask, you know, whoever, okay, well, this person's not cooperating. So tell me what happened. And that might not be the accurate part of the story too. So I, I don't, I don't think it in an ideal world, it would be great to like get them to help write the story about themselves, but it seems just so unlikely that most people would even sign up for that. And that's probably why all of these movies happen mm-hmm. so often And a lot of it is the entertaining parts of people's lives that make movies are like the probably a lot of times the most painful parts of their lives. And why would they want to relive that? Mm -hmm. Why would they want the whole world to get to watch it again after they probably watched it on the news when it happened and stuff like that? So, I yeah, it would be nice to get permission, but it seems just so like I understand why they don't want anything to do with these kind of movies. It's just seems really like it yeah like you said earlier it's re-traumatizing
0: yeah i i think it totally depends on the subject honestly and what it is and you know and i and i mean i'll be honest like i said before i i watched lifetime movies like crazy i would spend like saturdays like binging before binging was what it is now lifetime movies i loved them But And I wasn't thinking about the fact that there are, for some of these, there are actual people out there that this was about. So it could be re-traumatizing them. So I think in those instances, I I think with the true crime and stuff like that, I think it's very important to try and get their permission. And And I'm not saying that with celebrities it makes it less so, or with politicians. It just kind of depends. Like, I don't think for the movie Vice... I do not think that we needed to have Dick Cheney approve this movie or George Bush. I, I just don't care. Or Liz Cheney. Or, you know, I don't care about getting their approval because they're not good people. So for me, it's kind of like, I don't really care if you – I mean – I, I have my own issues with the movie, but that's more the way it was done. And we'll be talking about that next January for Christian
2: fucking Bale Month.
0: I don't have any issues with Christian in it, by the way.
1: <laughs> Perfect.
0: <laughs> and I love his acceptance speech. For the Golden Globe, still one of the best ones, thanking <laughs> Satan for the inspiration.
1: So <laughs> you don't ask Satan's permission to make a movie about him
0: yeah (laughs) that's true it's the Satan one (laughs) the the satan picture well we had lucifer the show (laughs) (laughs) actually i think satan would be very happy about
1: that (laughs) the coolest portrayal ever yes
0: um probably other people don't would have an issue anyway we're not <laughs> <laughs>
1: we to do a show about movies that we wish were true <laughs>
0: yes i think that's a good idea i like that one i like that one movies we wish were so yeah i think it it, de- it depends honestly because like i said i don't care that sarah palin doesn't everyone watch that movie doesn't approve of it i don't care that ike turner doesn't like what's love got to do with it because ike turner an abusive asshole so i do not care um i the only one in that that i care about is tina turner and as far as i know tina turner likes that biopic and angela bassett still should have won the academy award anyway that's another story (laughs) but yeah so i think it totally depends on it but i also know that personally i'm guilty of watching stuff that i probably shouldn't watch because it may not have been approved the other thing I want to just quickly talk about, we won't spend a lot of time on this, like we're not going to mention things individually, but there's another thing that happens where films will take license and they'll use famous characters like, you know, you, and they'll and real life characters, but they'll put them into a movie that actually isn't a biography. And sometimes they'll straight out, you can really tell it's not a biography, like with the amazing film Baba Hotep, which features Elvis and also JFK. Um, and it's a, an amazing, amazing movie. Go watch that movie. The Bruce Campbell is still the best Elvis ever, ever, yes. ever. I've not seen the Baz Luhrmann film. I do not have any desire to. I know a couple of people have recommended on here, but I hate Baz Luhrmann and I don't care about watching that movie. By the way, uh Lisa Marie Presley loves that movie. I wanted to say
2: <laughs> <laughs> she does yes. she loves that
0: movie. Awesome. Yes. She, lo- she loves i'm talking about the bu- the baz Lerman movie not 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 both. <laughs> oh false advertisement sorry. aaron oh, i'm sorry why would you not that's so sorry. rude um and then of course you got abraham lincoln the vampire hunter <laughs> <laughs> abraham lincoln as far as we know I is not a vampire <laughs> hunter I
1: i like that movie
0: So those ones are very much, they are out there. They're putting it forward that that's what they are. They are not actually biopics. They're not saying that, you know, Elvis didn't die and was in an old folks home and had to battle Bubba Hotep to save all the old people with Ossie Davis, who was JFK. I mean, they're not saying (laughs) that JFK wasn't dead. They're not saying that's real. They're not saying Abraham Lincoln was really battling vampires. So those ones you can automatically know that's not and you're not getting a biography you're not going to get an accurate thing although i would argue bruce campbell's portrayal was the most accurate of elvis it was so seen. good
3: okay everybody listening okay you need to go watch <laughs> baba hotep it is a great movie it's it, it's deep too it's, it, it it's it has so many layers to it it's like on, on its surface, it's like a farcical so horror movie, but it's, it really is deep and it talks about how we treat seniors and how, you know, like there's supernatural mm-hmm. elements to it, but there's such humanity to it. Oh my God. It's so good.
0: it's so good i don't know if you've seen it aaron but really go see this movie it's it's i'm i'm tempted sometime we'll do an episode on it because it deserves more love uh, out there so and honestly he should have been nominated for an oscar for that i'm not even joking he was that good so yeah it was so good anyway so but then you've got these other ones like you had spencer from last year um, which was not a biopic, but a lot of people took it as being very much a biopic because it was very it was advertised as being a biopic. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I would never know that it was not a biopic if I hadn't seen people say it wasn't a biopic. And then the most recent one is the movie that's coming out um, about or featuring Marilyn Monroe, not about Marilyn Monroe, but with a, a character named Marilyn Monroe is how I'm going to put it, um, called Blonde, and it's Anna De Armas is playing. Maryland. And this movie is based on a novel by Joyce Carol Oates, who is a horrible, awful oh, human being. I'm not even going to go into all of that, but she's a horrible, awful human being. And... Um, This is rated NC-17. I'm going to tell you why because I think you should know why this is rated NC-17 because I've heard some people say, people are freaking out about NC-17. The reason people are freaking out about the NC-17, I want you to know because this is about Marilyn Monroe who was abused so much by Hollywood and keeps getting abused by Hollywood even after she's dead. There is a very vivid, 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 I guess, graphic rape scene in this. So I want everybody to know that because – that's I that's what I've heard is why this is rated NC-17 so I have no problem with NC-17 I'll watch NC-17 movies no problem but I want everybody to know why it's rated NC-17 so um but so I want to know Carla really quickly your thoughts on those kinds not necessarily the ones like Bubba Hotup and um, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter that are obviously not trying to be accurate but ones like this which are very much all the advertising and all the promotion is promoting this as an actual biopic so
3: what are your thoughts on doing that
0: especially since it all seems to be just with women mainly so
3: yeah (laughs) that's the, the gross part if you're going to make a movie that is not factual and it's not a biopic then don't fool people into thinking otherwise because again people are not particularly you know they're not going to sit there and parse the, the the nuances, and they're not going to say, well, this is clearly not based on facts. Mm-hmm. They're just going to take it as Bible and run with it, and they're going to, you know, use that as the as the real story of what happened, and they're going to contradict you. And it, it really is ridiculous that so much is... Oh, my gosh. Okay, so... On, it's just the the way that the United States people are being undereducated and they're not given critical thinking skills from a school level and they're not taught how, how to look at something critically and to really examine any piece of material. It's just people being trained to take a test. And this carries over. The, the implications are far Bigger than just, you know, like, can you do math? Or do you only know enough math to get through a test? This carries over into things like this, where it's still kind of innocuous. that uh, You know, like, okay, well, I saw a movie where Elvis isn't dead and he and JFK are, you know. So that I think is a stretch. But there are a lot of things like the Spencer movie or series and, you know, The Crown and just a lot of things that are for entertainment and not so much for, like, actual historical depiction that people just then take and run with. And you can't talk them out of this belief that, oh, this is actual fact. This happened because I saw it on Netflix. So I I think it can be... It just... There are a lot of ways... In which Hollywood exploits the the what's it called like the the gaps in education to the degree that uh, you're creating an even less critical and even less thoughtful society. You know that said, I'm absolutely fine with these depictions as long as they're being upfront about it, but in the marketing of Blonde, I've never seen anything saying any, you know, anything else. And this this isn't even like a new phenomenon. You look at the movie Amadeus mm-hmm. from 1984, where everything about it is factually inaccurate. You know, Salieri did not, you know, trigger warning, he did not slit his throat because he was just so mad that he could never match up to the great um, Mozart. It, it's There are a lot of things where they take... Extreme license, and they never come out and say, Oh, yeah, this stuff never actually happened. We were just, it's just so much more fun this way, isn't it? Like, isn't it more thrilling this way? And it's like, Absolutely, it's more entertaining, but you're not being upfront about the fact that you're not giving a factual interpretation of what happened. And this is, <laughs> it also ends up affecting things the opposite way, where, for example, you have a movie like, um, Marie Antoinette, where because it's so fluffy and so bright and it's directed by a woman. Ugh gasp. So people then don't take that seriously, where it is one of the more accurate depictions of the life of Marie Antoinette. So, you know, like because you're you're playing with people and you're playing with facts, it becomes really hard to parse what's uh, intended to be factual versus what's intended to be educational. And that that's a disservice to everybody.
1: Erin? Yeah, I agree with that. It kind of concerns me that people don't bother to even think about, like, maybe this isn't true. Mm-hmm. And what that's going to do to society as a whole. And y- you totally reminded me of the crown i like forgot about that somehow and i love that show um but yeah there's like a lot of shows like that that it's obviously not accurate fact but i think that's really i enjoy watching it and i like looking up like what really happened um but i feel like maybe most of the population isn't gonna do that some other ones now that i'm thinking about it like i thought the queen's gambit was really interesting but i don't think any of that ever happened at all like the like the movie did either um so and this is totally a side note but i'm gonna i'm gonna talk about doctor who for like one minute (laughs) (laughs) because doctor who is totally guilty of this and it irritates me every time of like them going to some point in time and helping with some like major historical significant event and like it's all because the doctor saved them and it just irritates me and there was this episode um a couple seasons ago um i I can't even think of it now but yeah the it does that and i gosh i can't even think of this episode that was just in my brain and then there's like a lot of noise happening in my kitchen right now and i'm distracted but (laughs) maybe probably (laughs) i'm not even kidding you something fell off the like a shelf in the kitchen last night and then this morning there was just like this random, you know like the sound that a jar makes when you pop open the little pop sound yeah just did that and like nobody was in the kitchen anyway i think the haunted baby did follow me home but yeah the even doctor who is guilty of that of like um going to some historical time and not being at all accurate about it so that's the thing that kind of just worries me in general is that people are going to start taking all of these as truths because it's got a famous person's name in it and i worry for humanity <laughs> Happy, but it is true <laughs> i do and like it just it, like someday it, it's like those memes where they're like i'm gonna tell my kids this is whoever and it's wrong <laughs> that's what it's gonna be like <laughs> like yeah it's just gonna be accepted fact at some point
0: yeah no it's very it's very true and yeah well i don't have much more to add on to that except for you know with with I'm just going to talk about the blonde one, which, you know, none of us have seen this movie yet. So no idea. I don't know if I will be watching this movie. I don't know. I think Anna Diarmis is an ama- incredible, amazing actress. I want to just state that. And it looks like she's doing an amazing job. I want to say that she does look incredible. Um, and I don't want to get into all the talk about the, the other talk about, you know, oh, she shouldn't be playing Marilyn anyway, but this isn't actually a biopic so <laughs> so uh but they they are marketing it as a biopic they are not marketing it as something that's not a biopic so if they were marketing it for what it was oh, did you the, hear that there's the baby
1: there's the baby I'm not, something just <laughs> fell off, a picture just fell off the wall i'm not <laughs> even kidding
2: there was a there was a baby there was
0: we made a joke that in our airbnb in san diego there was this high chair in a closet which of oh course when God. you think about it, there it's there for bf kids but it looks so creepy. it was so creepy
1: the way it was in there. and there the it way was it like, was set
0: up that it we, was
1: like clearly used to be the attic so it was like all short yeah. and it was so creepy and there was no door on it and the high chair was like facing the wall it was so
0: weird. And then there was a random chair next to the bed there. So yes, instead like... of a
3: nightstand, there was just a chair. Talk about a cursed object. <laughs> <laughs> like, what is going on at this Airbnb? Also, Aaron. So who are you going to call? Right? Are you guys are <laughs>
0: witness to this. <laughs> My house is haunted. And every- anybody who watches this later,
2: everybody's witness to this.
0: The oh. baby oh, is there. The baby Me? is there. Awesome, <laughs> or it's one of those creepy dolls came out of the poster that you have. Those. <laughs> oh God, I do
1: have all the. Yeah, because
0: by the way, we do have some stuff we will end up giving mm-hmm. away to people. I don't so want the creepy doll you though. Their... You don't want the creepy doll if I poster? if I win anything. Any <laughs> better than the flipping episode? Was, I
3: was <laughs> <you>. <laughs> if I end up winning anything, I don't want no. Well, no. you're not eligible because you're a person. oh thank god <laughs> no it's thank just god. coming to I, your I, I, house no. you
1: don't have to win it <laughs> no. house, if something sh-
3: shows up in my house like that I'm, I'm moving I am moving
0: just, it just says from Aaron A and
1: you're like <laughs> oh my god no I'm gonna be
3: returned to sender unknown Carla no Carlas at this house
1: no Carla here nope
3: <laughs>
0: Uh, But I did, but with the Marilyn Monroe thing, um, you know, I grew up, my mom really loved Marilyn Monroe a lot. So I grew up a lot with her around, with, like, her movies and hearing about her. And so I have this weird little, like, I feel very protective of her because she was treated so horribly by Hollywood. Um, And, you know, she was thought of as stupid and she wasn't and thought of as just a sex object and and all of that and um i mean another thing that's criticized in this movie is you know marilyn monroe had curves she was not as skinny (laughs) she she just wasn't uh and so that's not in there so people do criticize that of course which is understandable but i want to say marilyn monroe herself never wanted to have any film made about her She there is a quote where she talks about that because she had been approached to I can't remember who it was and I was trying to find it before we started. She had been approached to in her day to play somebody to play if you know in a buyer and she refused to do it because she didn't want that to happen to her. And so that makes me even sadder about this. So it's like, you know, it's not even accurate. So, you know, it's just it's just sad. It's like Hollywood can't stop treating this woman like garbage even after she is gone. And I'm not and I haven't seen the movie so I don't know if it's and I didn't read the book because I won't read anything by that person. So I don't know if it's nice to her or not, but and the fact that it's going to have that one scene in it, I I don't know. That just bothers me. And I probably will not watch this because of that. But yeah, so I just yeah. And then um speaking of having real life people in a fictionalized television show we are going to be talking about winona Earp next week and you've got doc holiday and you've got you know it's all about <laughs> i mean she's like the great she's is the great granddaughter of great i think it's great great i think it's two greats of um wyatt Earp. yeah and, but but you know when you're watching this that you know, the Earp they, family wasn't battling demons. I, I mean, as far as we know. That you know it. Huh? <laughs> Doc Holliday is dead. Doc Holiday is not actually alive.
3: <laughs> oh, you know. Maybe not those kinds of demons, but demons.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> so, but but speaking of that i just i don't know if we're going to end up doing it as a live stream i haven't double checked with my panel aaron is one of my <laughs> panelists on that but i haven't double checked with tanya and judy they are two that will do live streams so but i do want to just run it by and make sure they are okay with it but even if they even if we don't do it live we do have, you're gonna have to tell me what this is a pin of because I'm just starting Wyona ERPS <laughs> Oh my god. This. I forgot about the So pin. Oh. Aaron um got a pin in San Diego
1: Comic Con that we will be giving away. Um
0: I don't know if people will be able to see right. this.
1: It's um it's from the IDW booth, so it's from the comic book and it's um way hot basically. It's um Waverly and Nicole and they're adorable and I love it, and I got one for myself too, so I'm very excited
0: so we will be giving this away this is just something separate this isn't something that they're endorsing or anything I always feel like I should put that out there that they didn't say we we do have something else that we have to talk about the talk to the comic creator again because I want to run it by her because I have an idea about it but we did get an autographed signed comic that we will also be doing a giveaway on I don't want to give too much information about it until I talk to her and run it by her and see how she wants to do it because I have an idea that i want to do something involving charity but i want to see what charity she would want to and this comic is totally totally up this
1: podcast and this podcaster's alley (laughs) (laughs) she was so nice too i talked to her for like 10 minutes too and she was amazing yeah
0: yeah so i'm not i know everybody's like why don't you tell the name i don't want to do that until i really run it by her speaking of you know we're talking about here i mean she has already said it's okay but i want to talk to her first and hoping maybe we can do an interview as part of it too so yeah but okay we are i know carla's not playing and i still don't have my song but when did i have time to do
3: this? (laughs) carla
0: wrote the lyrics we just don't have the music and it's gonna be so good
3: okay everybody it's gonna be so good
0: so I know you gave some of it. What was the one line you said? So, it's... So, sorry, let me introduce this. So, we're doing it's now time for <laughs> six degrees of Finn Whitrock. I've felt very disconnected from our vice president and our president lately. Our president. <laughs>
1: yes. He's our president.
3: <laughs> yes. Lately, Aaron has our been president having Christian a political Abin reckoning Bell. with the Biden Harris administration. And she has just a <laughs> lot of feelings about it.
2: Oh my god, that was weird. <laughs> yes. right? But anyway, so we are going to play Six
0: Degrees of Finn Wit Rock. But we still, you know, my goal is to have the song by September 1st at the latest. Because I'll just have to find music because no one is willing to help me, apparently. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're willing to help us with this um you know i can't look here's a preview okay one
3: two one two three four five six six degrees of fin wit rock and then there's a line towards the end that goes (laughs) it's not it's not fantastic it's fantastic like i mean help me out (laughs) here people it's really good that's perfect
0: I know, and you know, Finn. You can pull up your iPhone. <laughs> you
3: some,
0: I don't know if you have an iPhone, but you know, and do some kind of little jig. And maybe remember, he has an Android.
3: Also...
1: <sighs> sure, iPhoneist.
2: <laughs>
0: you can do the background because Carl asked to do the lead vocals, but you can do the background. You can just say, "Finn, Finn." Fin. But I don't know if you. I'm sure that would feel very weird to just say your, say your name. <laughs> it's, over fine. it's fine.
3: It's <laughs> fine.
0: but i really want my intro song soon so um and i still need to hopefully by the time this dropped i will have decided what our august ones are that we're playing with for the audience version but once again you can go to our website click on the page that's literally titled six degrees of finn whitrock and they will be listed in there and i've done it so you can hover over the names and you click those and it'll go to the episode as well so these are all from episodes we've covered okay so i know carla's not playing but aaron are you playing six series of finn because we're gonna connect it to some kind of biography except you can't use judy because he was in judy so yes
1: no i have the best one i'm so proud of myself Um, (laughs) (laughs) oh you'll see why um okay so the show that i'm currently watching pistol we're gonna go with that um so macy williams is in that she plays jordan in that um and she's also in game of thrones with and this is good with finn jones (laughs) who why why is there so many pins um and he was um also in uh iron fist which is an excellent marvel show that you should watch carla and then he was in iron fist with clifton davis and clifton davis played the principal in halloween town (laughs) high Bam. oh that's the first time we've used halloween town high that's awesome that's for mal
0: <laughs> that's awesome i yes we are we are gonna this is gonna be a clip the clip we use sometime this week and we'll be you know ta- we'll tag mal and we'll tag Finn. i was like mal.
1: halloween town high yes that's amazing I'm yeah, so we proud of that it. <laughs>
0: yeah uh well i just went lazy um
1: <laughs> judy bam
0: yeah, and I'm using Judy. He was he was in Judy. <laughs> he played Judy's last husband. Um, <laughs> done. <laughs> there, we're done. Uh, no. Uh, I'll use, um, well, Angela Bassett, you know, in American Horror Story. Freak show with Finn. There you go. <laughs> I, I was lazy this time. Usually I try to find something.
3: I don't have anything connecting anyone to Finn. But if you look at the Young Guns movies... As quote unquote biopics, and then you have um, Emilio Estevez and the whole cast of it. And John Bon Jovi played somebody who was who was like just a random dude on a horse who was shot. And he also did the whole soundtrack for Young Guns, too. And it's fantastic. And I'm just bringing that up because I love John Bon Jovi.
2: <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs>
3: the the six piece that nobody asked for.
1: <laughs> or one
3: degree as it were i
0: bet finn will appreciate that i'm sure
3: <laughs> i'm sure and as we know christian bale definitely will because he's dying to play john bon jovi and or richie sambora
0: it's true yes yes that's right see see we're bringing in our unofficial mascot not our president,
1: but our, <laughs> president. our president and vice president if you will <laughs> so <laughs> both of you would like to run for office <laughs> together oh that's that who i'm voting the, for every oh single right.
0: can you imagine <laughs>
3: we foretold
0: this
2: on an <laughs> <laughs> i mean, who
3: cares that, that christian bale was not born in the states
1: that's true. Like, fine
3: it, they're gonna make an damn.
1: exception for him
3: <laughs> yes it's, i mean it's christian bale does anybody want to say no to christian right. bale no
0: <laughs> exactly the bail Whitrock rock ticket
1: <laughs> oh it's gonna be sure. a
3: very serious administration <laughs> yes! they're gonna method the hell out of this
0: well we know the environment will be like top of the <laughs> yes thing. this is true so we'll go ahead and close out especially because i can't wait to be able to turn my ac on again um so <laughs> carla <I too. laughs> So, Carla, tell everybody out there in the podcast listening world <laughs> where they can find you and most importantly, your amazing podcast.
3: Well, thank you since you put it that way, especially. Um, Bed With our Behead is currently on hiatus. However, you can find all of our episodes anywhere where fine podcasts are available and we will have new episodes coming up very soon. Um, when Meg is done being like a family member who spends time with her family and not with her co-host.
1: <laughs>
3: you can also find us on Twitter at bed.wed.beheadpod on Instagram at bed.wed.behead.pod on other social media. If you want to look for us, we're just Bed, Wet, or Behead podcast. Um We do have a Twitter account that we have done nothing with, but that's mostly my fault. So I'm just telling you in case you want to friend us in case we ever drop any content there. Me personally, you can find my Instagram or Twitter at Carlatemis or my website, carlatemis.com. That's C-A-R-L-A-T-E-M-I-S dot com.
0: Thank you so much. And yeah, Meg is actually, I am going to be meeting Meg here by the time this drops. In. So Aaron, where can they stalk you? Where can the little
1: ghost babies find you? <laughs> well, um, if anyone knows how to get rid of a ghost baby, please contact me on Twitter or Instagram. Yeah. I am at Geek and So. That's what I do. I geek and I sew things. And yeah, please tell me how to get rid of a ghost in my house. <laughs> For reals.
0: <laughs> For reals. She's not even joking. <laughs> Well, And this is Erin. You can follow me on Twitter at E.AprilBeauty. The E and the A and the B are capitalized. Be sure to like the show on Facebook at Facebook.com slash It's a Fandom Thing Pod. On Twitter at Fandom Thing Pod. No, it's in that one. On Instagram at It's a Fandom Thing Pod. On TikTok at It's a Fandom Thing Pod. If you would like to be a potential interview guest on this show or if you have any amazing feedback, if you'd like to tell us how to get rid of ghost babies, if you'd like to submit some music for six trees of finn um including you finn uh <laughs> go to our website it's a fandom bod.com and click the contact us button there and that'll shoot us an email and on our next episode we have an interview dropping i'm not positive which one it's going to be yet so it's going to be a surprise surprise, surprise. so it's going to be one of two i have a feeling which one it's going to be because I have to wait to get permission to drop one of them for certain timing reasons but so I think I know which one it's going to be but I'm not positive so Friday's episode will be an interview episode so I'm very excited about that so until next time, remember it's a fandom thing, Black Lives Matter and Stop Asian Hate okay, well, we're going to premiere something very exciting now oh wait, wait, we have to close out before I premiere this, sorry (laughs) (laughs) Although I could prepare this and but this is only gonna be on the stream.
3: <laughs> wow, you really <laughs> did we're gonna have a podcast.
0: <laughs> I did, man. I
2: did. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in.